Should funeral homes be required to post prices online and why that possibility is so controversial? It is Wednesday, June 17th, and this is Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I'm Bobby Rebel coming to you from upstate New York. And I forgot to say, I'm also the host of the Financial Grown Up podcast. Anyway, now to my friend Jamila. Hey, Bobby, I'm Jamila Souffrant from Journey to Launch, host of the Journey to Launch podcast, coming to you from Brooklyn, New York, in my kitchen. Love it. I'm often in the kitchen today. I am in my little brother's bedroom, to be completely candid, his bedroom that he has moved out of this house. I'm in one of my, in my dad's house. Um, so now we know where I really am. Um, anyway, uh, what are we up to? This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like top-rated podcast host Jamila Soufrant of Journey to Launch. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And clearly, we tape this live. This episode of Money with Friends is sponsored by Tiller, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated each day. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for a free trial, 10% off your first year. And of course, you will be supporting the show. Jamila, welcome back. I bungled that opening. (laughs) It's okay. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're so happy to have you here. We're going to be talking about a topic that I don't think we've ever done a show on that is literally mortifying to me on many levels. Um, It has to do with uh, an industry, as I mentioned at the open, that just doesn't tell you what things are going to be are going to cost till you're in the moment that you have to make those buying decisions. So it makes it really hard to shop around. Um, Let's see which one of our friends is going to lead us into the headline. This is Tim from the Faith and Finances podcast. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, it's time for our headlines. That's okay, me. You so. got it. <laughs> All right. So should funeral homes be required to post prices online? I'm going to be reading this article by Ann Carnes of the New York Times. Okay. So the coronavirus pandemic helped push the funeral business into the internet age. Funeral homes must give a detailed price list to anyone who requests one in person, but they aren't required to post prices on their websites. Consumer advocates and members of the public are urging that the Federal Trade Commission, which is reviewing its 1984 funeral rule, to make online pricing mandatory. They're also seeking other updates, such as rewriting language used to price lists to clarify when embalming is required by law. In many cases, it isn't. The rule adopted to protect consumers from unfair and deceptive practices also requires funeral homes to answer questions about prices over the phone. Had it been written in the internet era, online pricing would have been mandated, said Joshua Solcombe, executive director of the Funeral Consumers Alliance, a nonprofit group that promotes price transparency. About 18% of the 90 funeral homes inspected since 2018 failed to disclose timely itemized pricing information, the FTC reported this week. The inspections covered 13 homes in Georgia, 20 in Louisiana, 23 in Nevada, 11 in New Jersey, and 23 in Texas. The failure rate was about the same in 2012, but rose to as high as 27% over the next few years before falling back again, according to the FTC. The agency is also examining how to address new alternatives to cremation and traditional burial, like alkaline hydrolysis, sometimes called flameless cremation. The rule is showing its age and needs updating to protect 
uniquely vulnerable consumers, and FTC Commissioner Rebecca Kelly Slaughter said in a statement about the review. An itemized list can help consumers choose services, Mr. Solcom said. For example, families often don't know that they don't have to hold a formal viewing or can choose a less expensive coffin bought elsewhere. A minister in Kentucky, for instance, wrote to the FTC describing how she helped a young man save $3,000 by directing them to a Costco to buy a coffin for his deceased mother instead of buying one through the funeral home. Visiting funeral homes for Priceless was burdensome even before the coronavirus outbreak, but it has put the need for change in sharp relief, Mr. Slocum said. Online pricing, he said, would allow families to consider options and compare prices in the safety of their own homes without feeling pressured. A coalition of nearly two dozen attorneys, attorneys general, also voiced support for online pricing and updates to the funeral rule. Quote, as our state's residents continue to face the immense challenge and staggering loss of life from the coronavirus crisis, they wrote the commission, quote, it is ever more important to provide greater protections to consumers making funeral arrangements. The median cost of a full funeral with burial was 7640 in 2019, according to the National Funeral Directors Association. Cremation, which is increasingly popular, can be thousands less. Um, and then I just want to read a little bit more um, that what happens if they violate. They can be fined more than $40,000, but first-time offenders can instead participate in a training association, in, in training through the association, which is typically um, much less than the fine. So our Facebook Live, we taped this um, on Facebook Live. Our audience is going nuts. So I want to just take a break there and get into some of these comments. Um Let's see. We're, I don't even know who to pick first. What do you think, Jamila? There's so many. Yeah, there's some great comments here. Um, well, let's do, um, let's see, Pam. Pam says, uh, oh, Pam, Pam worked at a funeral home as a college student doing debt collection. And she says that she would often, um, oh gosh, she would often read the obituaries when she got bored uh, cal calculating outstanding balances. So a lot of people had outstanding balances. Um, that's really tough. That's really tough. Um, who was it? Somebody, oh yes, she did the debt collections. That's what I wanted to talk about. She was doing debt collections. So I thought this was interesting because people are spending more probably than they can afford. If then the funeral home, as if it's not enough to lose a loved one, you're talked into presumably, I'm making a little bit of a leap there to be fair, more than you can afford by the idea that there's debt collections. And you really were hit at a very vulnerable time. I mean, what's your gut reaction to all of this? I mean, I feel that this is one of those things that you cannot avoid eventually, like, you know, that someone, unfortunately, that you love will pass on and you'll have to make arrangements for them. Actually, someone that I was close to, um, had this happened to early January. And luckily, though, we went to a funeral home that has been used in our neighborhood and by people. And so it's very reputable. And we have already kind of had a good in going like rapport with them. You know what I mean? And so, you know, it's hard to tell how many people that really have that, right? Like who kind of know that this is the place everyone uses, they're fair, they're, you know, consistent. And that is like trusted versus some people who are going through this for the first time don't have that as a benchmark. And now during a time of grief, where you have to, depending on your religion, and you know, the circumstances have to act quickly. And so you have to make a decision like quickly on what you want to do. And so you kind of feel like you're 
maybe your back is against the wall with the pricing and what they're offering you. But um, yeah, it's definitely something that uh, needs to be talked about more. So I'm actually glad this um, we you selected this article to talk about more. Yeah. And Will, it's interesting. So you have a network that is already telling you sort of what to expect. I, as I said, I've never had to plan a funeral. I was kind of shocked at those prices that we're seeing in that article. And given that I live, we both live in the New York area, they're probably higher prices here. So, and what are you going to do? You're not going to not bury your loved one and you aren't being given all of the different options. So it's kind of like a half truth. They're telling you what some things cost, but maybe they don't include lower priced options until you balk. And maybe you're there with a bunch of grieving loved ones as well. So you've got the person who's paying, but you've got maybe other people in the room. And so you just want to say, we want to take care of our loved one, whatever you think is appropriate and not have any, any confrontation, certainly not with other people in the room if you're there in person. Um, I, I don't know. Um, and then we've got another comment here from Johnny. Yeah. Johnny says funeral homes probably don't compete with one another. Which is true because, well, once you're there, you're, you're sort of, you're going to do whatever that that's where you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my experience when this happened to us as a family in January was I think we only spoke to one because we had their contact information. And, um, you know, it's not like we were going to walk out at that moment when we walked in and got the prices and said, oh, this is too much. You know, like we were just there and we were going to go with that because we wanted to get the get everything done within like the next week. So we didn't really have time to, you know, shop around and we didn't want to, again, you're dealing with so much, like who's going to want to do that. I saw another comment that I thought was really good from Leah Dig, Dig, Dingot. I'm sorry if I pronounced it long. I'm wrong, but she said Catholic funeral homes um, and cemetery are big on pre-planning so that you don't have to plan in the midst of grief. And I love that. Um, and so this is like, to me, reminds me of wills and estate planning and insurance. Like you kind of, you think about that beforehand so that when you're in the midst of it all, you're not pressured or you're not just overwhelmed with what, what the right decision is. You, you do it in advance. But I think it's hard for some people to even to to be so proactive in this way. Right. Because especially if you have a loved one who's who's not well and you worry that it could be terminal, how I, I it would not feel good to go shopping. Even if this were true and it was available online, it might not feel good to shop online when they're they're not well, but when you put it in the context of when you set up your will, maybe you also do the research for your family and maybe give them some guidance. I think that is a really smart thing. Yeah. So one of the things that when we went to the funeral home, they were very open with, so we, it was in Brooklyn and, you know, they talked about the high pricing for being buried in Brooklyn and New York city versus New Jersey and why so many people go to New Jersey. Cause the price per plot is so much cheaper. So it's further than you'd like because you have to drive further. But the price difference was like insane. It was I forgot the exact price, but now I at least have some more education around that. So for future reference, you know, when this unfortunately happens at some point in the future. But it just feels like sometimes it does take, um, you know, asking the questions, um, even in those times, if you can find the clarity or bring someone with you, right? So I know we're talking about what the funeral home should do to be more transparent, but as a person now going through this, maybe bringing someone who um, who can help advocate for you and ask the tough questions that you may not be ready or emotion like emotionally stable enough to ask on your behalf is going to be important. Very well said. And also the fact is so the person who's often making this purchase decision not only is often, quote, flying blind because they don't have the information ahead of time, but they've got a lot of emotion. So it's so good when you have somebody with you that 
obviously would be upset, but maybe not in the same emotional position. This is going to get really interesting, guys. So Pam, who's with us in our Facebook Live audience, she, as we mentioned earlier, used to work at a funeral home. She has some very interesting information. All right. So Pam says she can see, she honestly sees that the prices could fluctuate. It's not uncommon for the funeral director to ask if there is an insurance policy in place and then inflate prices. Whoa. So now this explains why they do not want to post the prices. And and maybe shame on me for not having thought of this beforehand, but that's because, so this is why they want you to have to physically come in and be talking to you first before they show you the prices, because maybe the prices vary depending on who's ultimately paying. If they know an insurance company with deeper pockets is going to pay, maybe they're going to charge a higher price. What I'm getting from this is that on one side is the emotional person and on the other side is someone with a huge, huge advantage because they're just doing business and they're really just selling you. I mean, that that's just so upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is on like interesting and like how, again, the only way I would see that that could be stopped is if they do disclose the pricing like online. And I was trying to think one of my, in my notes is what other industries that are similar to this, you know, do that, like post, like you have to post pricing online so that you're, they're not being taken advantage of. Do you know, Bobby? Like, yeah. Okay. So um, Tiffany says, price transparency and options should be mandatory. Grieving family, mem- grieving family members should not be taken advantage of. Right. Because they don't have the mental bandwidth during the tragedy to, to do research. So true. So true. We also have Annette here with us. And Annette says, I have never liked this industry. They take advantage of grieving people. I hope, <laughs> I hope no one holds one for me. Save your money. Well, we'll we hope you are with us for a long time, Annette. Um, and I do want to say not all, this is just some people, they're like any industry, there are bad actors in every industry and there are wonderful people that do a great service to people in every industry. So we absolutely do not want to put down, um, the entire industry. I just think I agree with this article and with much of our audience that there's really, um, it's very important that prices be transparent. And we have Annette also added in, she's helping us out with some other industries. Yeah, this is good. So auto sales, yep, healthcare and weddings all do this. And this, you know, again, goes back to if there are biases of the person selling you, how they can treat the person differently. You know, in the previous episode, we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, racism and like some of that and how that relates to it. And so I find this all very interesting. And I think it would be helpful that <laughs> these prices would be put online and at least like there's a base rate, like, you know, going in what the average is. Yeah. And Pam, by the way, has some advice for us. I, lo- I love our insider Pam here who's telling us all about the industry. Yeah. Pam says, always tell them that you're paying out of pocket. Never mention that you have an insurance policy. I like that. Oh, yeah. Really good advice. Thank you, Annette. We did put this out to our Instagram audience. The uh, handle there, by the way, is at moneyfriendspod. We asked our Instagram community, should funeral homes be required to price their to post their prices online? What What percentage said yes? What percentage said no, my friend? What do you think? I think um, a majority, maybe 80% said yes. Oh, you are so good. <laughs> We got 77% said yes. Now the 23%, I'd be curious to know why, although maybe they work in the industry or in industries where 
it is better to not have full transparency because obviously that affects everyone's ability to negotiate. You're in a much stronger position if you have more information with anything. So I would say this also relates to the whole idea of negotiation. If you have the information, you're always going to be in a stronger position. So any final thoughts before we get to our takeaways? Yeah, you know, I would say if while this policy is not in place yet, I always like to think about what can the person do? Like what can, you know, the average person do to help with this situation? And I would say maybe, you know, there has to be someone that you know that has gone through this. So asking them their experience, because unfortunately, you know, if you do talk to someone, they're like, I had a great experience with this funeral home director. I felt like they were very honest with me and I felt the price was fine. It's like, how do you know? Right. Like people are not going around comparing, like, how much did you bury this, you know, your father for? Like people don't usually talk about that. So it's even hard to know if the person that's recommending you to somewhere actually knows that they didn't get swindled or, you know, right. taken advantage of. So that I think it's all interesting things, but more transparency between maybe people, you know, and neighborhoods and family members about this may be helpful just to get like, you know, how much did you pay? Like talk about those things. So, you know, Exactly. It, it, it is tricky, though, because there's almost no answer that's going to make you sound good. If you say, oh, I got a great deal, you sound terrible. But if you say I spent a ton, you look like, well, you were t- you were upsold from, you know, a funeral director or something like that. Um, do you want to let's grab one last comment. Sarah says, my husband <laughs> told me I can have an old school at home funeral and load him up with ice packs. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right. I, I just wanted to bring a little levity to the situation. Um, let me quickly, before we get to our official takeaways, I do want to thank Tiller for sponsoring this episode of Money with Friends. It helps you manage your money 10 times faster in a spreadsheet that is fully customizable. It connects your banks to Google Sheets and Excel with your daily spending, your transactions, your balances. And like I said, you can make it into what is going to work for you It automatically puts everything in there for you. You don't have to do data entry. You just put it in once and then you can see your transactions automatically updated each day. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for more information, a free trial, 10% off your first year. And of course, to support our little show here. Um, Takeaways, do you want to go first or do you want to have the final word, my friend? I'll go first. Um, you know, I think funeral homes should disclose pricing. We're in a time now where you it's hard to go in person. And so online, yes. And I think even in the funeral home, almost like a menu of services, like when you go into a restaurant and you see it, I think should also be visible to everyone versus individual price sheets that they hand out that could still be different depending on the information you give them. Very well said. I mean, I think what seems so obvious to us, I mean, these are laws that were written in a different era, literally. And so you were stating such wisdom and, you know, let's just hope this goes through. Um, what struck me also is that this goes to the whole idea of the truth is not always the whole truth. As it stands, consumers can be told what some things cost, but they may not know that there are alternatives that just aren't even discussed. So for example, I didn't know that you could just bypass a funeral home and have a service in your own home. It reminds me of the whole idea of what a fiduciary is with a financial advisor. And someone can call themselves a financial advisor, but if you're a fiduciary, you not only can, you have to sell someone that's the best solution for them, not just something that is suitable. At this time when people are so vulnerable, this is especially dangerous. So many people now losing loved ones due to coronavirus, and you literally can't be in person when buying something like a casket. We are all going through a very tough time. This is definitely ready for the internet age. So let's hope that more people are uh, supporting this change. 
Jamila, two winning shows in a row. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Bobby. Tell us more about what's going on at Journey to Launch. We are not going to see you back here for a full four weeks. So we need your, we need a fix. Tell us, give us a preview. Give us a sneak peek. Break some news. Oh my news. gosh. Yeah. So I put out a podcast episode every Wednesday. So check out the podcast, Journey to Launch, wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're watching this, just type in Journey to Launch in Facebook or in, like, so on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, I'm Journey to Launch. So you will not miss me if you just keep listening to the episodes that come out. And I have a whole backlog of over, I think, you know, 160 episodes at this point that you can listen to. And if you're really new and you want to like know where to start the most popular episodes, get the jumpstart guide that helps acclimate you to like the most downloaded episodes, like where to start. I also talk about financial independence and the stages to go through to reach it. You can get that um, by going to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart or text launch to 33777. Yes. Thank you for doing that. I was about to ask you to do that because I bungled it on Tuesday's show. (laughs) Anyway, you can also learn more about Jamila and all of our season four, oh my gosh, season four co-hosts and all of our alums on money, uh, money, money with friends, podcast.com. And please follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. The handle both times there is at money friends pod and stay close to Instagram stories because we do preview the shows and we give you the opportunity to be part of polls and quizzes. So you can maybe get a shout out. Even if you can't be here for one of our live recordings, you can also get information about how to be part of our live recordings on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. On behalf of Jamila Soufrant, I'm Bobby Rebel. We'll see you here next time on money with friends. Thanks everyone. Show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.